It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Tay. I'm Sid. And uh, this is, whoa, season three, episode four. (laughs) (laughs) Just completely blanked on what was happening. Yeah, I was staring at the number and it was like, it didn't make sense to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The more times we say the season, it just doesn't make sense anymore. It's okay. Yeah, it just completely runs away from my brain. I was trying to think, for some reason, it just came to mind that this is like, the second maybe episode that I've recorded in my new chair. Oh. And uh, that's exciting. I don't know if anybody else knows about the fact that I had a terrible, terrible chair before now, but I have a nice chair now and it's it's great. <laughs> did it change your life? <laughs> it did. <laughs> it truly did. I, I sit at my, my desk basically all day now because I work from my desk now, which is nice. So it's comfortable to sit in for a full day, which is great. Yeah, new job, Is this entertaining? Chair? Everything. For literally anyone. (laughs) We can have chair chat. (laughs) Chair chat. Um, What are you nostalgic for this week? Uh, I am nostalgic for Battle of the Books. I don't know what this is. Yeah, so elementary school, we had this program that was fourth and fifth grade where you'd make teams, uh, you'd have like an adult as a coach, and then you had to read six books over the course of like three months. Which, when you're in fourth and fifth grade, like big chapter books, it was a big deal. And then you had to compete against other schools to see who knew the most trivia about the books. So it was just this big competition. And it was at our public library uh, with the city. And I just used to read so much as a kid because of all this stuff. And the program really helped me read longer books at that age Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of encouraged my love for reading. And so it was a very fun time. And I don't know why I was thinking about it recently. It might have just been after 90s con. I was just starting to think of my childhood again. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, what did I do? And then I was thinking about other reading stuff. But then that. So battle the books, man. They're still wow. doing it to this day. So good for my elementary school. Keeping it going. That's amazing. Yeah. We had we didn't have like a specific competition thing. But we had, um, oh, God, what was it called? <laughs> I think it was, for some reason, my brain is saying sore. I don't know if that's right. But it had something to do, the AR standard for accelerated reading. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so it was a thing where you would like read books and then you would take quizzes on them and Mm -hmm. you would get a certain amount of points throughout the year and then whoever had the most amount of points got something. I don't know. Yeah. And I remember... I had a decent score, but there was this one kid who was like, just he he read so fast that there was like no catching him. Dang. And it was it was devastating because like he he both read really fast and also read really hard books. I remember one of the books that like I really wanted to read. I think it was the the Robinson family. Robinsons? Do you know what I'm talking about? Is this anything? There's like <laughs> I can't remember what it what it's called, but it was like an older book. I vaguely remember the name Robinsons being involved. And I remember it being like a 25 point book, which was like unheard of, like so many points. It was like 25 or 50, something like that. And I read it. I didn't read it because it was so long and it was like really dry and I didn't want to read it. But I kept trying to take the quiz for it just to get the points. Mm -hmm. And that didn't work because you have to know (laughs) about the book and I do nothing. Yeah, you actually um, have to take the quiz that lets people know. Yeah, I read this. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't read it. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> I did not get any points. Yeah, did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I think it was between like because we had accelerated reading too. Between that, this battle of the books, all of the summer reading uh, that I had to do as a kid, and then also like we had the the Pizza Hut that program that was like read the books and you get yes. pizza, and then. Yes. Uh, there's one other thing. Oh, we had like reading sleepovers, which we literally oh like God, got cute. locked. We got locked into our library and everyone was just like reading and hanging out and watching like cartoons and stuff. Like My the, we had so much as, as a child as a kid, like just reading. And now I don't That's, do it as much and it bums me out. <laughs> yeah. It's really sad to like know that you were and this was one of my nostalgia things, but like it's really sad to be an adult who who used to just read, like devour books and like no longer have any will yeah. slash time to read yeah it's kind of nuts but i yeah. i was reflecting i think it you know what i think it was because after the literary disco thing this weekend i was like i miss reading yeah books <laughs> and so then i was just like i did so much with books so mm-hmm. yeah anyway that's amazing battle the book battle the books it had a cool name too although the yeah that's a very good, that's a very good name <laughs> uh what are you nostalgic for the playstation 2 yes Yes. <laughs> Old games. I don't know specifically what made, like I was again thinking, trying to figure out a nostalgia thing until right up before we recorded. Um, but maybe it was the fact that like when we were at 90s Count over the weekend, they had all of those like retro games and I was just like, I, I miss this. I remember yeah. this. Um, but yeah, I had a PS2. I only played like a handful of games on it. I think the my main three were uh, Need for Speed, Rock Band, and Dance Dance Revolution. Um, and I just kind of rotated through those <laughs> for like several years. Yeah. But yeah, man, loved loved the PlayStation 2. A great little... Oh, and you know what? Sweet 16 and License to Drive, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Yeah. That was the other one that I was that obsessed game. with. <laughs> I really wish PS4s were backwards compatible because I would buy that game in a heartbeat. It was basically just Mario Party, but it was so fun. Yeah. Oh, I love when uh, everybody just did their own little spinoff of like a Mario Party. Yeah, <laughs> everybody did it. I remember, like, we were an Xbox family, and my mm. cousins had PS2 and everything. Like, we had the original PlayStation, but then we never did anything up after that. Sure. And so my my cousins had the PS2, and I thought it was the coolest system because it was just one that I didn't have, and I was like, yeah. what? Or all the all these buttons again? Like, I hadn't <laughs> played them since I was a kid, but like, it just seemed a lot sleeker than the huge yeah. Xbox, like. It was cool. Oh, you could yeah. you could put it on its side if you really wanted you to. You couldn't do that with an Xbox. It would break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh man, I I love a good PS2. Not too much more for me, but yeah. It's a cool system. I still am a PlayStation person, I think, overall. Yeah. Even though I do have an Xbox controller for my PC, but you know, Microsoft. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um <laughs> uh, do you want to get into it? Sure. <laughs> Season three, episode four is titled He Said, She Said. The episode aired on October 20th, 1995. We are so close to my birthday. <laughs> we are. It's happening. Uh, and then synopsis is Sean is forced to visit with a guidance counselor after continually skipping class. He misinterprets her advice and decides to drop out, catch a bus, and set out to find himself. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, sweet angel baby. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, first scene. We're at school. Feeney comes over to Williams with two large gift baskets. Apparently, students have been bribing him for college recommendations. He gives one to Williams, who is excited, and comments on the contents until Feeney tells him to take them to his car. Williams is like, it's good to be you, isn't it? And he says he delivers them to homeless shelters. Williams says, "Uh uh-huh, and walks away. And Feeney calls after him, drop that mango, man, which is very funny. (laughs) Um, Eric then walks up and says, boy, what some people will do to get into college. And Feeney tells him to save his money and that he can't be bribed. And Eric's like, I wouldn't think of it, Mr. Feeney. It's the furthest thing from my mind. And Feeney says, right there next to your schoolwork, huh? And Eric laughs at the joke and they part ways as Feeney goes into Turner's classroom. He passes Corey, who's like grinning and pruning a papaya, just like (laughs) very Very casually. It's it's so funny. Um, And Feeney suspiciously asks where he got it. And Corey's like, from home, is there a problem? And Feeney says, I'm watching you. (laughs) Corey's just very confused. Uh, Turner walks up and Feeney tells him that Sean missed a history test this morning. Turner is surprised, and Corey's like, that's my fault. I was supposed to tell you that Sean had a severe case of, uh, and then to Feeney, he says, help me out here. And Feeney goes, sloth? And Corey's like, yes, Hong Kong sloth. And Turner's like, that's it. And he leaves the class as Feeney tells Corey it's not his best work. Hard cut to Turner walking into his apartment. So apparently he went all the way home in the middle of the day to yell at Sean. (laughs) This is very confusing. Sean is ordering Forrest Gump on pay-per-view when he comes in and Turner's like, you miss another day of school. You are Forrest Gump. Sean's like, cool. He's doing all right for himself. Turner rebuts, he doesn't exist like you in school. You know, you missed a history test. And Sean's like, that was today. Boy, that worked out. Turner says, I give up. I got too much going on to keep trying to figure you out. Tomorrow morning, you're seeing a guidance counselor. Sean's like, oh, I don't think so, John. My people are celebrating a very important holiday tomorrow. And Turner's like, what people would that be? And Sean says, well... We're staying home tomorrow to come up with a name. And that's the end of the scene. Oh, boy. I love the idea of the seniors just trying to bribe their way with these huge fruit baskets because I was like, I would never do that. Like, I don't know. Also, I couldn't pay for it. My parents wouldn't help me pay for that. I don't know what's happening. But the fact that, you know, he's not like Williams just doesn't believe him about doing the homeless shelters. I was like, what made him like... What made you suspicious of him about Yeah. What? Why? (laughs) Um... (laughs) But I do love the accusatory, where did you get that papaya? (laughs) It's very funny and just out of nowhere. And I just love Corey's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, He doesn't know about the gift baskets. (laughs) It's very silly. And here's just a note that I had. I feel like Corey in the past seasons didn't really have an accent. And maybe it was just because he was a child. But there's like this slight like New England type of accent that is coming out with Ben, just the older that he gets. Interesting. And it's, it's shocking to me because it's just becoming more prominent. I'm like, huh, okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> just the way that he says certain words uh, yeah. always gets me. But I'm thinking of the word home right now. And you came from home. Yeah. It's kind of closed vowel. But I feel like he didn't used to have that when he was a kid. But it's just because like, he was a child. But I don't know. I also don't know. This is what my mind catches. I'm like trying to pay attention to the show. And I'm like, why does he sound different? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next seed, we are back in school. It's presumably the next day. Sean says to Corey, Hong Kong sloth. And Corey's like, well, Feeney came up with the sloth, but I added the Hong Kong part. Sean says, Turner didn't even want to talk about it. Just said, Hunter, tomorrow you're seeing the new guidance counselor. I'll tell you what, though. Sean Hunter is not going to waste an hour of his life talking to some bald-headed, long-winded, leisure shoot, leisure, oh no, leisure suit wearing know-it-all. That's a hard phrase. (laughs) 
Um, just then, a pretty woman walks up behind him because, of course, they must subvert our expectations and gasps and says, oh, my name's on the door. They didn't have to do that. The magical door today is a guidance counselor's office. Huzzah. <laughs> uh, Corey says, you're the new guidance counselor. And she introduces herself as Devin Collins. And Sean shakes her hand and says, I'm Sean Hunter. Guide me. And she looks at him like a little too long. And then we cut over to Eric, who is walking shiftily down the stairs. <laughs> and he meets up with Frankie and Griff, Griff's back, who tells him that he looks like college material. Eric gives him money and Frankie asks to pat him down, to which Griff says, maybe later, Frankie. And then gives Eric a piece of Feeny stationery. They all marvel at it for a second. And Frankie again asks to pat him down. And Griff's like, I'm doing business here, Frankie. And Frankie goes, fine, which is so funny. <laughs> Um, Eric says he's going to need a Feeny envelope as well. And Frankie checks a date book and says Tuesday and they all repeat it. And Eric leaves just as Joey comes running down the hall, calling Frankie's name. Joey sees he's with Griff and says, ah, our leader, everything's fine. Why would you think otherwise? And Griff says, Joey, whenever I see you, the phrase small doses comes to mind. And then he leaves. (laughs) Joey proceeds to tell Frankie that Harley is busting out of reform school and that he'll be back next week. Frankie's like, I see nothing but good here. Our old leader, Harley, can meet our new leader, Griff. They'll bond and become the best of... Oh, and that's the end of the scene. (laughs) I I like this little scene, uh, mostly because I also just love when you know, that group appears again. But yeah. at the beginning, Hong Kong sloth. I was with Sean. I was like, what the heck does that even mean, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you pick those words together? Right, truly. Um, but I also wrote down, of course, the new guidance counselor is a girl. Because, you know, you have to. Because uh, now be all of a sudden he's lady. interested in being with the guidance counselor. Exactly. But I love that Griff and Frankie and all of them like have this system, like how they mm-hmm. have the certain days about like when things are happening. Yeah. So that was they're fun. very organized <laughs> for a group of bullies. They really just have their have their stuff together, not just uh, not just beating people up. Uh, yeah. But I really <laughs> like the idea of the Harley versus Griff. So I was like, let's go. I want to <laughs> have everybody back. <laughs> Um, so the next scene, we're in the counselor's office. The counselor, Collins, asks what Sean's last guidance counselor told him. And Sean's like, this is my first time. And she says, really? Mine too. Oops, I probably shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> her energy is wild to me. I couldn't <laughs> I take her seriously this yeah. entire episode. <laughs> it seemed like she like she was both like overly aware that she was acting, but also trying to play the character of like, kind of ditzy it was very confusing yeah you put that combo together it's not the best acting in my opinion no. but like oh oh well <laughs> it was it, yeah it was weird um it's a one she's a one-off so it doesn't really matter but it's just very confusing <laughs> you know it's a one-off because it's in the room that always changes yeah it's in the magic room yeah <laughs> Which, by the way, I would have said this at the end, but just because that got brought up again, someone on IMDb was like, did you know that the door changed? And I was like, it's been changing so often. How is this the first time that I've ever seen it on IMDb of like, whoa, it changed. (laughs) It's most regularly a boy's bathroom, but it is whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's Feeney's office. Um. It just, it was, it's, it was funny because it was like four out of four found this interesting. And I was like, has no one been paying attention? <laughs> Clearly not. They talked about this at 90s con, but it was one of those things that you could get away with because there, there weren't like reruns like happening yeah. that often. Like they could just change it whatever to whatever they needed it to be. And nobody really thought about it because you were watching them week to week. It was right. spread out. Like you're just not thinking about it. <laughs> but now, now we see. <laughs> now, now I know. We know. <laughs> 
Um, so she opens his file and says, wow. And he's like, let me save you some time. Let's just skip to the part where you tell me education is the key to a happy and successful life. She's like, is that what I'm supposed to say? And he goes, it's what everyone else says. She says, it's not that simple. Growing up, my parents talked about the three M's, money, marriage, and mortgage. And Sean goes, my dad always talked about the three B's, babes, bucks, and brewskis. And she laughs and says he sounds colorful. And he goes, he was the philosopher of the trailer park. He used to say, one man's septic tank is another man's oasis. But I never knew what he meant. And she has to take a shot and says, I think that what he meant is that what's good for one person doesn't hold for everyone. Sean says, all right, dad. I always knew high school wasn't for everyone because, you know, not everyone's going to end up in college. She goes, so you're not planning on college, huh? And he says, you saw my file. Wow. She tells him that she felt the same way, and instead of going to college right away when she graduated, she took a gap year and traveled Europe. I'll bet I know more about bullfighting than any woman you'll ever meet. And Sean rebuts, you don't know my Aunt Debbie. And she laughs and says, the point is, I did end up in college, but I needed to learn about myself first. And Sean's thinking face is what we end the scene on. You know, I kind of like this scene, even though I don't really like her that much or just his character. But what I love about it, first of all, I hate that he's like, what, seventh grade? And they're already talking about college because... Yeah, he's eighth grade now, but yeah. Eighth grade. Well, still like not on my radar at all, like growing up. So it seemed wild that it's like, what, you're not not thinking about college? Mm -hmm. But... What I do love about this is it's the 90s and they're bringing up about like not everybody has to go to college because that kind of yeah. gets forced upon everybody in a way Especially where it's like, now. yeah, it's like this, there's this expectation that you have to do it. And it's like, it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen immediately or it doesn't have to happen at all. And that's still okay. But mm-hmm. it, it seemed like very cool to me that they were even talking about it back then or bringing that up as like a topic. And yeah. granted, he takes it like a step too far right now. But of course, <laughs> uh, that's the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was cool. It's not something that like I even see today in media. So the fact Definitely. that they did it back then was very sweet. Yeah, I feel like obviously the attitudes about college have changed a lot throughout the years. And I think even still in the 90s, it was something that was mostly attainable in terms of like realistically just like financially mm-hmm. and it, that's just like not the case now like yeah so to to have even now to be watching a show that's like college may not be for everyone or like you can take time off and do something different like you're absolutely right it's very very cool and important yeah love that um so the next scene we are back in the hallway this this is like a c or d storyline and it's nothing so very quickly williams asks feeney for help with his tv production class he originally says he's too busy but when he learns that they want him to be a narrator he says yes that's that joey and frankie (laughs) appear with frankie asking joey if his plan is gonna work and joey says he emailed the warden about harley's escape plan and that they'll definitely keep him locked up it's foolproof and then harley then appears and says hello boys and frankie says let us review and joey's like no time to review harley's ears standing in front of us a week early harley's like yeah of course you'd think i'd go online with my real escape plan and tip off my enemies And they nervously laugh, and Harley puts his arm around them and says, me and my boys, together again. Just then, Corey backs out of a classroom talking about how improbable it is that he ever sees that greaseball Harley here again. Harley grabs Corey by the back of the neck, turns him and says, baboon, did you get those threatening letters I sent? And Corey's like, I did. Thank you. Sorry I didn't answer. I've been busy. Here's my wallet. Enjoy. And runs away. (laughs) 
Harley smiles and says, I still got it. And Joey's pager goes off. He grabs it and puts it in his pocket and says, I didn't hear nothing. And Harley looks at him and Frankie sells him out, but not in a malicious way, just like in a stupid way. Is like, Griff is paging us. Harley's like, who's Griff? And Joey says, yeah, Frankie, who's Griff? I mean, you got a new leader or something. And goes to stand behind Harley. And Frankie shanks his head and says, Joey, Joey. And just like deeply disappointed. Harley's like, both of you be straight with me. Who's Griff? And Joey's like, he's just some leader we met on the rebound. Harley, nothing serious. Frankie (laughs) says, maybe if you just met the guy. Harley's like, let's say we meet here tomorrow at noon. We can get to know each other. Maybe I'll get a chance to find out his blood type. And he walks away. And Frankie to Joey says, and you were worried. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> Not until you pointed it out just then at the beginning, but there's so many different little storylines that are happening in this episode alone. Yeah, it's this, kind of insane. <laughs> this one is weird. It has so many little storylines. For like, I, I feel like they were just like, this Sean thing's not quite enough to fill time. Let's throw four storylines in. <laughs> we have an idea. We need it to be like a little bit sentimental, but yeah. at the same time, why not just do all of this as well. There's really so much going on. Yeah, it feels, and by the end of it, it does feel like every single one of them are not like full ideas or like full storylines that they were like, I don't know. It's just, whatever. It's it's very, I mean, because really the main two storylines here are Sean and then the Griff Harley stuff. Yeah. But then they were like, well, let's also do that Eric is, well, we haven't even gotten to the Eric stuff. Let's also do Eric's little storyline and then also this narrator storyline with Williams and Feeney. There's just, there's literally four storylines in this and it feels very unnecessary. Yeah, the fact that they're like, hey, Williams is a new character. We need to give him something. Let's give him right something. now. And this is just this little tiny thing. First of all, he is wearing this lemon tie right at the beginning. I don't yeah! know if you noticed that. It was very prominent I though. I was like, his whole outfit is very muted and all of a sudden there's this bright lemon, lemon tie. tie. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I do love that Harley's back because I love Griff as a bully or like as a villain, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But the way that Harley just speaks and acts is very funny (laughs) to me. Uh, And it just was kind of missing from the other two because they were still bringing that energy. But it's like, oh, there's, Yeah. yeah, they're back together. It's fun. And I don't know if you said this, but there's the way when like Ben is backing out, like Corey's backing out of the room. He says something about the Loch Ness Monster, but when he says it, he's like, Loch Ness. And I was like, why did you say it that way? (laughs) He emphasized the second half of it is very weird. The Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) Then that Greasefall Harley. Yeah, it's like, that's not where that emphasis goes, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) The last thing here, every once in a while, I know that this show is just like the 90s. It's very old. It happens every (laughs) single episode, but... I say very old. It's <laughs> our I age, mean, it's whatever. as old as me. <laughs> yeah. But every once in a while, like, the show clearly dates itself. And this scene in particular, I was like, they have beepers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get in touch with each other. And That's that true. It's probably, like, I understand what they were because they were still around, like, for me growing up. But right. I imagine kids, if they were watching this now, are like, what? What's that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Ugh, amazing. I think now we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with He Said, She Said right after this. Hello and welcome to the mid-roll, everybody. I'm Sid. This is the spot where we'll be doing announcements, Patreon shoutouts, feature ads, and any other little things we want to chat about. So, first things first, The Lost Years has a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash thelostyearspod. There are three tiers available. $2 a month is light nostalgic. a month is friend of the pod, 
and $10 a month is sweet little idiot. All tiers come with the same benefits. It's merely just a pay whatever level you want type of situation because we know that money is tight and money is hard. Uh, And then the bonus content on our Patreon includes early access to episodes, bonus episodes, behind the scenes stuff, promise our 90s con blog is going up this week. I just finished editing it. Uh, bi-weekly talkbacks, Patreon shoutouts right here in the middle of the episode, all that type of stuff. Once again, that is patreon.com slash thelostyearspod. And speaking of Patreon shoutouts, we have our first one. So big thank you to Adam Mansell. Uh, we really appreciate you. Yeah. We also have a coffee account. If you have a couple extra bucks at the end of the month that you want to donate, but you don't want to commit to a monthly donation with the Patreon, you can send it our way at ko-fi.com slash thelostyearspod. We appreciate you. All right. Do you have water nearby? If you do, please hydrate. And if you don't, go get some and slurp on down that water. Slurp that water down. That's what I meant to say. Anyway, thanks for joining us and let's get back to the episode. And we're back. We go into the next scene. We're at Chubby's. Corey is asleep at a table. It's five in the morning. Sean comes down and wakes him. He's having a clown dream to tell him that he's taking off and that he came to say goodbye. Corey's like, okay, bye, and puts his head back down on the table. (laughs) Sean goes, no, really, I'm leaving town. And Corey's like, I know what this is. Today is a biology test. And since you've never even met our biology teacher, you're ditching. Sean says, this has nothing to do with school. This is about me. I'm doing a little traveling, getting to know myself. I can't be happy in school until I'm happy with myself. Corey asks where he got that idea, and Sean tells him the guidance counselor. Corey says, so Turner's just letting you take off, and Sean's like, he doesn't know, and I don't want him to find out because he just tried and saw me, so can you do me a favor and cover for me long enough so I can get out of town? And Corey's like, this is stupid, and Sean claims that he's thought it all through and that he's never been re- more ready for anything in his entire life before asking Corey if he's got a few bucks, and Corey's like, no, and Sean's like, okay, just asking. Well, see ya, and he gets up to leave, and Corey's like, stop, this whole thing is crazy. You don't even know what you're doing here. Sean says, Corey, are you really my friend? And Corey goes, you know I am. And Sean finishes, then you'll let me go. And he leaves Chubby's, and that is the end of the scene. Horrible friendship. <laughs> I literally, I wrote that, I hate that, are you really my friend? Because yeah. good friends don't encourage bad life decisions like that. Exactly. And that is wild. Like, that's my least favorite just kind of cop out of, are you my friend? Are you my you'll, friend? You'll, then you'll let you'll me let do, me do this it. thing. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Why on earth are they at Chubby's so early? And why did Chubby why let them in? Why is Chubby's open? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, he's there, but why was he, why were they allowed to be there at five in the morning? I don't know. Weird. <laughs> but the entire time I was like, Sean, you do not have money, my child. You <laughs> you Certainly are doesn't. a young high school student. <laughs> you are a silly bean. We go to the next scene. We are in the Matthews kitchen. Eric is at a typewriter and has written a Feeny recommendation. In conclusion, I find Eric Matthews to be really, really, really smart. Really, really, really nice and really, really good for your school. And he signs it head guy because he can't spell principal. And Alan comes downstairs and says, you're up early. What do you got there? And Eric says that it's a paper that he's working on. And he didn't use the computer because it's a paper on the Amish. And somehow it just seemed wrong. And Alan tries to read it. And he's like, "Uh, uh, you know, the Amish, they're very private people. Amy then comes down the stairs and says, typewriter. Oh, no, Eric, did you put a waffle in the computer again? (laughs) That's so ridiculous. And Eric says, Mom, I was 15. Let it die. 15 is too old to put a waffle in the computer. I was going to say that was like a year or two earlier, Eric. Literally, That's just <laughs> like two years ago. Oh, God. That's He was 15 at the beginning of the show. So presumably that happened like 
in the first season at some point. Wild. So ridiculous. Corey then comes in talking to himself and says, I can't believe he does this to me. Over and over and over again. Amy asks, does what? And Corey goes, I said I don't want to talk about it. Alan's like, you did not say that. And he goes, well, I don't want to talk about it. Definitely said it that time. <laughs> and the parents just both look at him and he apologizes and says, it's been a really rough morning. First, I had this scary dream. And Amy interrupts to say, the clowns? And he confirms <laughs> and says, and then... Oh, who am I kidding? I know what I got to do. And he goes over to the phone. Amy asks what he's doing. And he says the right thing. And it's all your fault. You had to go and raise me right. <laughs> Amy and Alan exchange a look. And then Corey complains about getting turned his machine. So he hangs up and decides to instead tell him in person and leaves. As he goes, Eric says, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here, but I think something's bugging him. And Alan says, thanks, waffle boy. And Amy <laughs> takes the letter off the table. And Eric puts the typewriter away and asks if Alan's read the letter George wrote for Eric. Eric tries to stop them, but Alan reads, dear sir, if you only accept one student this year, make it Eric Matthews. Hey, would I, George Feeney, be writing this letter on my personal stationery if I really, really, really didn't believe that? And Eric says nervously, I caught him in a really, really, really good mood. Alan rips the letter in half and Eric reacts sadly and that is the end of the scene. He's like, oh. <laughs> That's a very funny ending though to that yeah. scene of how he did that. I love that Alan ripped it in half. I was like, yes, good. Good job, Alan. <laughs> so here's here's my thing. I've not seen the show, right? That's the whole point of our show. Of course. Eric writing this at the table, I immediately, I'm going to call this right now. He's not going to go to college. Okay. And so that's just my, this is what I think. That's your prediction. Yep. My other prediction didn't go well. So I'm hoping (laughs) that I'm right with this one, even though it sucks. (laughs) It's like a story, but I'm just going to say it. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. And the waffle on the computer again, I really was like, why did the writers make Eric so dumb (laughs) in these seasons? Because you're right. That would have been the beginning of the series. And you did not seem this way at the beginning of the Mm -mm. series. Sure so didn't. it's just a choice that they decided to make. But I, the moment that I do love of this scene with all of the different storylines happening is when Corey is doing such a good job of being a farmer. He's like, I got to I gotta do the right thing here. Yeah. And it's when Amy and Alan do share the look of like, he's doing it on his own. Like, yeah, he's, they're just like, he doesn't uh, need our help. Like, this is son. very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a great prediction. I'm, mm-hmm. I can't wait. For you to find out what happens. Uh, so the next scene, we are back at school. More C story, C D storyline. Truly, Feeney excitedly catches up with Williams um, <laughs> about his narration, and Williams has to tell him that the students cut him out and decided to use his voice instead. Feeney is obviously perturbed. Moving on. Corey then sprints down the hallway uh, and into Turner's class, nearly knocking Feeney over on his way, and tells Turner that they got to talk about Sean. Turner's like, don't tell me. Today he has African sloth. And Corey says, I'm not supposed to tell you, but I gotta. Sean took off. Turner says, what are you talking about? Where'd he go? And Corey's like, I don't know. I mean, he had that meeting with the guidance counselor, and next thing I know, he splits. And Turner thanks him, says he did the right thing, and goes to talk to Collins, who he finds walking out of her office. He says, I sent Sean Hunter to you yesterday, and he's run away. Do you have any idea where he went? She's shocked, and he asks if she can tell him what they talked about so he can make some sense of it. She's like, we talked about family and college and finding yourself. Uh Uh-oh. I did mention my year off in Europe. And he's like, you said that? Come on, you're a guidance counselor. What kind of guidance is that? She's like, back up. I spent a half an hour with him. He's lived with you for four months. Why do you think he ran away? Oh, that was good. <laughs> That's the end of the scene. I mean, it was a good zinger, but like, damn, he is in eighth grade. And you're like, hey, I didn't even go to school for that time. I took a year off. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's very young. But it was a good zinger. I will give her that. Yeah, um, it was very funny for her to be like, I did that. <laughs> Like, go off, queen. You did this. Yeah, literally. 
Um, and I know that this is like quickly brushed over, but this is the only other note that I have is like Feeny is so happy at the beginning of the scene. It he was is, really jarring. Really- like he his smile, Bill Daniel's smile is so big and just like running kind of or like a little like hop skip down the stairs. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't go with him, there's this sincere look of sadness that I was like, oh no. <laughs> like he's so <laughs> upset about it. And it's so funny to me. Aww. Because he's like, why not? <laughs> why I thought why that not? What they were going to do is just, like, splice up his audio to be something different and not do the narration. Uh, but then it was like, no, they just cut you entirely. And I was like, rude. <laughs> <laughs> and also, seems insane. Because I'm sure he was great at that. He's got a wonderful voice. Have you heard him talk? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Have you watched the show? <laughs> Everything he says captivates me. What are you talking about? Especially when he's, like, like those moments where we get where he's, like, giving the end of a lecture from his class. Like, he's got such, like... Magnetism. <laughs> you know? Like he's yeah. just <laughs> You can't see what I'm doing. Tay's putting Tay's putting her hands on her hips. Just like yeah. <laughs> in this superhero way. More or less. <laughs> no, but it's oh, like man. you want to pay attention to him, so why yeah. wouldn't you use his narration? <laughs> yeah, it's very wild. Oh well. Oh well. That plot's over. <laughs> <laughs> that plot's over. <laughs> That really is the end of it, too. It's uh-huh. so silly. Like, they really just needed to fill two minutes because it's the beginning of a scene for, like, for something else. It's just like, we're still in the hallway, so let's have some time right here. I should say Eric's storyline is also over for this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was Eric's whole storyline. This is a little one and done. <laughs> it's so silly. Um, So the next scene, we are still at school. The clock is approaching noon, and Frankie and Joey are nervous. They're hoping that they don't show. Joey's like, maybe they'll realize that fighting never solved anything. Maybe they both had one of those moments where suddenly everything makes sense. And Frankie goes, an epiphany? And Joey's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So silly. Uh, The clock hits 12 and the once busy hallway is immediately empty and open locker creaks in the wind. A tumbleweed of newspaper rolls by as they play like (laughs) vaguely Western music. And Joey's like, we got to bail. We got to get out of here now. And Frankie's like, we can't. My mom won't pick us up until 3.30. And Joey goes, you and your stinking carpool. As Harley (laughs) walks up and says, here I am, punctual, as is my way. Which is not necessarily true because at the very beginning of season two, when he was going to beat up Corey, he was fashionably late. And he made a point of being fashionably late. Anyway. But it was punctual on his time. (laughs) How about that? So he says the punctual thing and then says, and yet I do not see the object of my despise. And Griff from up the stairs says, so I guess you were sent up for bad grammar. And Harley (laughs) says, this is Griff. Where's the rest of him? And Griff's like, so Brando, I hear you want to pound me. And Harley's like, pound is such a wussy word. I prefer... No, pound works. And he starts like (laughs) punching his palm threateningly. And Griff very like unflinchingly is like, what are you waiting for? See, the sooner you hit me, the sooner Feeney finds out and the sooner you're back in reform school. But I'm sure a smart guy like you already figured that out. And Harley laughs and says, he's a thinker, this one. And Joey goes, so the fight's over. Who's up for the little Chinese? Harley ignores this and says, I'm a thinker too. Boys, do them. And Joey's like, by do them, you must mean Frankie the Enforcer, not me, Joey, because let's face it, you know, I'm the brain. And Harley says, I'm waiting, Frankie. And Frankie goes, all right, I know what I got to do. 
I'm sorry about this, but, and he stands in front of Griff as what is apparently the theme to the good, the bad, and the ugly place, which I didn't know (laughs) until the subtitles told me. Until finally, Frankie says, Griff, I quit. Harley, I quit. I can't be a lackey no more. And Joey's like, Frankie, what are you saying? And Frankie's like, I'm saying what you should be saying. It'll do a lot of good for you, Joey. Come on, from in here. And Joey says, I don't want to be a lackey no more either. I want to be my own man. There, I said it. Now that's what you call an epiphany. And Frankie responds, and it was beautiful. And then they hug before they realize that like hugging is weird or something and quickly let go. It's very much like the hug in Greece. It's funny. Yeah. Griff says, well, Harley, I guess we have nothing to fight about anymore. Pleasure meeting you. Oh, and good luck with this whole retro thing. And he walks away and that is a series wrap on Adam Scott as Griff. We never see him again. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> well, so guess what? The best news about this is that it's also a series wrap on uh, Harley, too. Is it really? Is what this episode said. In the oh, I didn't look that one up. I thought he came back. That's so funny. He might. Someone else could have it wrong. But uh, if that's true, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> we just never see these two bullies again. Oh, man. Harley says, I stand here bemused. Frankie and Joey showing spine. Self-esteem dare I say, chutzpah? And they're all like kind of proud of each other. And then he says, it's going to be a real challenge beating it out of you. The bell rings and Corey Beck's out of class again, bragging about how he gave old Crisco head Kiner a fake wallet. I'd like to see his face when he finds out. And Harley, once again, grabs him by the back of the neck and says, it'll look a lot like this, but perturbed. And that's the end of the scene. It's very funny to me every time that they do these scenes where he's just walking out and talking to people that are just not Sean or like anyone yeah. else that he's ever interacted <laughs> with. It's like you not Sean people. Who are these people that you're with? <laughs> they just they've never been involved in any storyline that you're ever in. <laughs> yeah. My um, my favorite too is that they at, at least in the first one, I can't remember if they did in the second one, but in the first one, they immediately all run away. Like dramatically, yeah. you can see them sprinting <laughs> away behind Corey. And it's so funny. I like the way that they did the scene, though. I think the little, like, old Western standoff that they had going with, like, the, the, the tumbleweed and the wind yeah. and everything is very funny. And this sucks that, actually, they're both gone, because I was going to say, I love both of these, like, bullies together, because they're yeah. very distinct in the way that they speak and just their actions. That's very fun, because they seem like they're from the same era, but at the same time, they're not. Like No, it's just- it's... I totally get what you're saying, though. Like... Just like different kinds of people, but from the same age. <laughs> You're yeah. absolutely right. But I love that they took a stand and they're like, no, we're not lackeys. We're just people. <laughs> that was very good of them. I it's love- very cute. Are Frankie and Joey done too or are they coming back? I don't think they're done. Okay, good. Because if everyone just was gone, that's just yeah. a real pivot for the entire show to be like, haha, no more bullies. <laughs> I'm I'm almost positive Frankie and Joey come back. I know Adam Scott's gone. I didn't know that um, this was Harley's last episode, but it very well might be. That could Weird. be correct. I love they just like bring them all back just to be like, nope, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I love to like, like the way that Harley is a bully is very much like the traditional like picking on people smaller than him. Yeah. Like situation. And Griff is kind of just like a shifty, well-connected guy, but he has lackeys who are bullies. And so he is kind of like connected to being a bully in that way. And I think that's fun. Well, and Griff is very smart in the way that he will also just kind of like psychologically damage you. (laughs) Not the physical damage. Like, yeah, he's Harley is the old school bully that is like, 
from the 50s like that type yeah. of what you'd think which <laughs> is why i'm gonna cream you <laughs> yeah like literally when he's just sitting there like with his fist i was like what are you doing just, yeah <laughs> if you're gonna punch him just do it don't like wind up for it <laughs> i know it's so silly i think purely because he's like used to people running away from him yeah, that he's like I don't, like there's no instance in which we've actually seen him be physically violent to anybody right besides like vaguely threatening or like grabbing people kind of aggressively and like that's really the gist of it and so it's very fun to see him be like basically meet his match of a person who's like i'm not afraid of you you're just a person like (laughs) what are you gonna do it do it coward like i love that yeah that's very good but man i like adam scott yeah, <laughs> he's gone. Um, so the next scene, we are at the bus station. Sean is sitting next to presumably a homeless man who offers him a mango. Sean thanks him and he says, "Don't thank me, thank George Feeney." And then proceeds to find that his own teeth have fallen into the basket. It's a very weird exchange. Turner then shows up. He's happy he caught Sean before he left. Who's surprised he could figure out where he was? Turner's like, "It was easy. Once I figured out where you were going, I figured Sean Hunter, you're a." bus and Sean's like I'm going here's my ticket next stop Paris and Turner looks at the ticket and says Paris Texas and Sean goes oh I thought the TX meant tax Turner says I don't know what Miss Collins told you but running away is not the answer Sean says John I'm not running away I'm finally going someplace doing something with my life I can go ski the Alps or even go to Spain and chase the bulls Turner goes actually they chase you then who needs Spain Sean says Europe's a big town I'm sure there's tons of cool stuff I can do and Turner says this is a big step how come you didn't come and talk to me about it and Sean's like well John you're busy you got your own stuff going on Turner replies, that doesn't mean I don't care about what's going on in your life. And Sean's like, yeah, I know you care about me. I know that, like, deep inside you're, like, my buddy and all. And Turner says, yeah, you're my buddy too, but it's more than that, Sean. I'm responsible for you. Sean goes, John, give yourself a break. It's not like you're my dad. And Turner thinks and says, no, I guess I'm not. Sean continues, and I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm used to being on my own. And it's made me realize that I got to look out for myself. And he fully sounds like he's about to cry in this moment. They share a look and he finishes, so I'll see you later. Thanks for the roof. And Turner calls out to him, Sean, get back here. You're not going anywhere. And Sean's like, I'm going to Europe. And Turner says, no, you're going to Texas. Come on, you're 15. You got no money. You got no idea what you're getting yourself into. You think there's a chance that I'm right? Sean sighs and says, I don't know. And Turner says, you're coming home with me where you belong. Okay, look, if you really want to go to Europe, we'll go together next summer. And Sean smiles and says, I could see that working. And Turner finishes, but only if you start going to class and getting those grades up, okay? Now, come on, you got a history test to make up. And the homeless man appears again and says, hey, kid, you listen to your dad. And they share another look and Sean smiles and says, yeah, I think I'm gonna. He gives his bus ticket to the homeless guy and he and Turner leave. And then the homeless guy says, oh, right, I'm going to Europe. And that's the end of the episode proper. At the beginning of the scene, Feeney follows through on his word. He's a quality gentleman. (laughs) Never (laughs) doubt him, okay? (laughs) He actually donated his stuff to the homeless and that's nice. He did. The way that I love this entire time, as soon as he was even saying, like, I'm going to Europe, I was like, do you even have a passport? Just out of curiosity. (laughs) But then this is really funny how this whole scene played out because I wrote down the way the boy just needs a vacation to a new city. (laughs) That is what I wrote, right? Like dot, dot, dot. And then a couple lines later, I was like, yes, take him on vacation. (laughs) This is what I was saying. It's very nice. Um, But the the line that made me sad, obviously, was that it's not like you're my dad and I'm just used to being on my own. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that sucks. Every single time that this type of storyline gets brought up, it makes me sad because 
I can't imagine being his age and having to deal with all of this. But I love that Turner just steps in and gives him this parental advice. And the way that they end it with the, hey, kid, listen to your dad, and I think I will. This show consistently makes me emotional. <laughs> it, just, it always just happens, like, right at the tail end. Like, they really just know how to yeah. turn it right on its head. And this entire episode, I was like, yeah, I get the point of the story. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> right at the ending. And then it ended. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, but it's so sweet, and I love it's it. It's the sweetest. My my favorite line is when he's like, "Like I care about you," and he's like, "I know, like I know you're like my buddy and all." I think that's so cute. They're just like kind of two pals, but also mm-hmm. he's got like a parental figure to look up to. That's actually pretty healthy. And also, I love how much Turner cares. Yeah, like it's so deeply obvious that he cares so much. And mm-hmm. Sean doesn't really know what to do with that because he's never had it. And so he he's the thing that he does is kind of just like push it away, um, yeah. especially in that moment. He's like, it's not like you're my dad. Like, don't worry about it. And Turner's like, but I still care about you. And you belong with me. Like, you you belong at home with me. And I think that's just – it's the best. It's the best. I love it when he also just brought up, like, we can go to Europe, together. like, next summer. Like, yeah, doing a together thing. Because, I mean, I don't know Sean's a- extensive backstory, but, like, when has he been on a vacation? Like, I doubt, I don't think his parents took him, just no. based on the character. And so, like, yeah. that's also just a fun thing where it's like, hey, we can also just do fun stuff together that's not always being at school and then, like, being at home and just, like, trying to figure it out. But it's like, you can do fun things together and you don't have to be alone and that's very good yeah uh. <laughs> it's truly the best um <laughs> i just really love their relationship and yeah it's just a fun it's a fun cool thing for the character to be doing i think also the way that the two of them portray it it doesn't feel like it's a forced thing with the writing no. they make it feels very natural yeah they're they're very consistently natural with it and it just makes it extremely believable whenever i'm watching it of like no you do care and that's why it makes me emotional every single time that something like this happens or like one line gets me and i'm like oh man (laughs) i'd be so curious to hopefully we get to talk to him and ask but i'd be so curious to know like the extent of this relationship during the show and how it worked because they have such a good like rapport and chemistry together it feels very grounded and um i would love to just know like how that how how they vibed like in real life, you know? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right. So final end credit scene. We are back in the counselor's office. Corey is lying on the couch in Colin's office, kind of dumping all of his problems. She can't really get a <laughs> word in, but finally she says, This is not really the type of counseling I do, but when you're ready to talk about colleges, and before she can finish, Turner walks in with Sean and says, Looks, look what I found. Corey says, Sean, you're back. And Sean's like, a little older, a little wiser. (laughs) It's been like four hours. (laughs) Colin says, Sean, do me a favor. Next time we talk before you leave, could you maybe let me know what you think I said? And Sean goes, huh? And Turner adds, and if you still have any questions, you can always talk to me. And Corey's like, is that everything? Because I'd like a little closure with my friend here. And he and Sean leave the office while Collins and Turner share a like very, I I called it charged. It's just like a very meaningful look. I don't. I have no memory of her past this episode, so I don't know what that's about, but it's it's like a pointed 
moment. Yeah. It's weird. Sean walks out and says, look, Corey, I'm not angry. And Corey's like, oh, you're not angry? Well, I'm not apologizing. Now I know I did the right thing. I've been doing a lot of reading and I can no longer be responsible for your actions. And Sean says, I got it. So I guess I missed the biology test this morning. And Corey replies, oh, don't worry. I took it for you. And that's the end of the episode in full. Yeah, I love... I was like, she's not a therapist, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally not her role. But yeah. I like that he actually did say something to him, too. Even though it's just like a quick little ending of an episode. It's like, hey, you can't do that to me. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, Corey, just stand up for yourself. Like, you did do the right <laughs> thing. I'm just proud of him whenever he actually does stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> takes a stand and, like, actually believes in, like, what, like, in the right thing. And is not yeah. just, like, going along with whatever other people. It's like, no, I know that this is the right thing and I'm going to do it. <laughs> growth there is something that i've noticed especially with maybe it's just like Corey's clothes are like very noticeable but i've noticed that he is actually wearing like the same kind of rotation of clothes regularly in episodes yeah like he's got this light blue this like powder blue shirt on right now and he wore that on his like one of his dates with topanga in the what i meant to say episode and I was watching um, next week's episode for just like my pre-pep that I always do. And the the little like sweater shirt situation that he wears on the first day of school for when he wants to like ask Topanga to go out, he wears again in the next episode. So I'm like, this is interesting. Like, because that's real life. Like you have a set of clothes and you wear, you rotate through those clothes. I was yeah. like, this is, oh, this feels very grounded. And I haven't noticed it with any anybody else's clothes. And I don't know if that's, Either because I'm not really looking that hard or, like, it's just not that noticeable to me. But, like, there are a couple Corey shirts that I've seen a few times that I'm like, this is – I love this. <laughs> like, this is so real. I do like that a lot, actually, yeah. now that you point that out. I mean, because I, I know the certain clothes that you are talking about even without, like, seeing them. Mm-hmm. But I do love that because it's like he also doesn't need much. Right. He's just going through life, and that is a very normal thing in life, is, like, not exactly. having this extensive wardrobe that is, you that know. you're never wearing the same clothes twice. Especially, like, at is... the disposal of, like, a set and wardrobe exactly. for, like, a TV show. The fact that they did keep it very consistent with him is, like, no, he's just, he's just wearing the same stuff, and that's okay. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, that's just the thing that I wanted to point out, because I noticed the, the powder blue shirt is, like, a one that is recurring, and I'm like, I, I know that shirt. Cute. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Anyway, what was the lesson said? So there's just a lot of things that were happening in this episode. Like we said, the uh-huh. takeaway I had is you don't need to go through life alone. Aww. And it's it's kind of just very short and sweet. Obviously, we that's just talked about everything with the two of them. But you don't have to do it alone. And that's okay. Wow, that's so lovely. <laughs> that's so lovely. Yeah, I have nothing to add. I love that so much. We obviously, yeah, like you said, we, we talked a lot about um, Sean and Turner. But, oh, man. I just love them. I just love them so much. They're just great. They're just great. I mean, oh, it's the best. Season three is one of my favorites. I just keep saying they continually get like every season just gets better. Yeah. And I'm just happy. I'm happy we're on season three now. <laughs> I will say when I watch the show now, it's very funny for me to be like, I've met you. <laughs> like, I know what you're like casually. as an adult. Yeah. Like, I... I know what you are like in person, and that is yeah. very cool. Like you're actually a human and not just on set. But yeah, every time I watched it and like certain people came on screen, I was like, hmm. <laughs> it was only Ryder and Will that were in this episode, but it yeah. was just funny because I was like, cool. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've approached the end of the episode. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Lost Years Pod, where we share when the episodes drop. We share fun memes, and we also ask what you're nostalgic for. I've been waiting for this one, and it felt right based on a tweet that I saw today, mm-hmm. um, because when we're recording this, it's St. Patrick's Day. Um, oh, yeah. And the question I asked was, uh, we gotta know, what was your favorite decom? And not anything that's like an acronym for some tech stuff, but a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> um, just gotta say that. <laughs> Let's just be clear. <laughs> <laughs> just really had to clarify. <laughs> Yeah, this is the one that uh, a lot of a couple people said this, but the reason why I asked it this week at Metal Trowel said topical, but luck of the Irish. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's so really much. good. <laughs> it's really. I think. I think a lot about the ending where he's like he he's he, it's the line about him being like uh to the to the, he like wins basketball. He's like you have to go to Lake Erie, and the guy's like you're <laughs> saying it wrong. It's not Erie. It's Era. And he's like, my father's from Cleveland. And then he shrinks into a little ever and flies into the lake. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's the worst. And if you've watched Tay and I's uh, Twitch stream that we did when I was with Tay, I hate Lake Erie as do, <laughs> yeah. as do a lot of people. And so it's very funny to me that he gets thrown into Lake Erie because it is the worst. <laughs> God, that's so funny. But yeah, I saw someone tweet about that today uh, from a different account. And I was like, yeah, it's decom week. <laughs> this is one of my favorite decoms. Uh, good we used one, to watch sure. it every single year in elementary school on St. Patrick's Day. So it's very fun. That movie's like a little bit intense. <laughs> Oh, it is. Like, the basketball game at the end is really intense. Also, I'm starting to watch Psych. Have you watched Psych? I have not watched Psych. No. So, Timothy Omenson is in Psych, and he's the guy who plays the villain in that movie. Mm. Uh, And so, it's really fun to watch it now, because I knew him as that character, and Mm -hmm. then now that I'm watching Psych, I'm like, he's in Lick of the Irish. (laughs) Like, the first time that I was watching the show, and so it's very fun for me. But he can do everything. He was also in Galavan. <laughs> oh. Uh, the, the TV show that was on ABC. That's yeah. a musical and extremely good. This is not a fan cast for Timothy Omenson, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> At Hey Sherry Pan said Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Oh, of course. A classic. Saw so many Xenons at 90s. Yeah. Time. That was very fun. That was so cool. At Cal's Calzone's Friend of the Pod. Friend of the Pod. Said the first one that always comes to mind is Minutemen, but I love <gasps> a good time travel flick. And I forgot about that movie until you oh, said that. That was great. Yeah, and it's got that so- great, that great Ali and AJ song in it. Like, whoa. <laughs> that song is great. That oh, I forgot great. about that song. Like a roller coaster. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> At Bialovich says the 13th year, obviously. <gasps> oh, another great one. That is a fantastic movie. He's that a also boy. <laughs> has Dave Coulier. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does have Dave Coulier. I totally forgot about that. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, it's my so, gosh. so, so good. That movie was so wild to me, though, because there were like two types of people where you'd watch like H2O on uh, Nickelodeon or it was like the 13th year. Those were like the two mermaid things. And like, and I <laughs> you was <could> tell. both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was truly the Disney versus Nick, but like, I loved both of them. So, yeah. <laughs> and then I also asked it on Instagram this week because Ooh, fun. I was curious. So yeah, at MikeyBoy93 also said Luck of the Irish. You're correct. You are correct. Colin M. Parker said, what was the name? The Phantom of the Theater one? That one was wild. The Phantom of the Megaplex. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if I ever watched that one. I remember it being so ridiculous, though. Yeah, I don't I don't believe that I... Oh no, I dropped my phone. <laughs> I don't believe... <laughs> it was so dramatic. I thought something terrible happened in <laughs> 
Um, I got it. Um, I don't think I ever watched that, though. Honestly, I feel like that was always one where the name just seemed very silly to me. Yeah, I was was like, like, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) One brain cell. This is one brain cell that we split. (laughs) Uh, Big Phil, in all caps, just wrote Brink. Oh, Brink! Mm Mm-hmm. Which, Ah. you are also correct. This is funny, because I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) He threw gravel on the ground and seriously (laughs) injured her. That's crazy. (laughs) I don't remember any of the characters, but I remember these, like, very singular plot points. Yeah. Oh, Oh, man. man. Tracy said, so many good ones. Probably Halloween Town, but Xenon and Luck of the Irish are up there. Of course. Halloween Town is so good. And so was Halloween Town (laughs) 2. And so was Halloween Town High. Not the fourth one. Not the fourth one. But the first three... We're great. Yeah. Alex J. Horde said, I mean, can you really choose one? But the 13th year with a heart. Everybody loves 13th year. And it's because it's great. <laughs> At the yeah. end when he just like dives out of the water and he's got a mermaid tail. <laughs> I also oh, loved it because like I swam growing up. So I was like, I can relate to this movie. He's on the swim team. <laughs> I remember thinking 13 was so old too. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. <laughs> they are literal babies. Like. <laughs> I was like seven. If I go back and watch that now, I'm like, you are a child. You're a literal baby. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and then at Jenna K. McBride said Halloween Town, a classic. A classic. You're right. I was even trying to think when I asked this what my favorite decom was, and it's just so hard because I just think of so many different eras of uh, decoms. Yeah. You gotta know what mine is. High School Musical. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> a million percent. <laughs> I mean, they were so influential to everybody's lives. I to don't know. Every- they were the first. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is true. They were the first like very big Disney, like decom musical that spurred all other decom musicals and Kenny Ortega's like reign of terror over Disney. <laughs> it's not terror. He's very talented. But the first Kenny Ortega thing that he did with Disney, at least to my knowledge, this could also be wrong, was Newsies. Oh, that's right. I forgot he did Newsies. But that's not a decom. That's no, just that's a just Disney a Disney movie. movie. But I totally but yeah, he, forgot he did newsies, newsies. Kenny Ortega, man. <laughs> Honestly, I love he's, that man. He's incredible. <laughs> Kenny Ortega is he's he's the king. He's the king of musical movies on Disney. He just is. My favorite thing was, uh, you know, the the Michael Jackson after he passed and it came out of like the the tour oh, yeah. like documentary yeah, that yeah, came yeah. out. Kenny Ortega was the choreographer with yeah. him, and it made me so happy because I was like, "You're amazing! <laughs> you do everything!" <laughs> and so every time that he was just like doing certain moves, I was like, "Kenny, Kenny, go Kenny. off! Like you're so good. He can do everything." And it, those were so much fun, like. High School Musical 2, just clearly remembering whenever they had the... Obviously, like, when it came out, I was just blown away by the fact. I was like, this is the best movie. Like, I had... Like, High School Musical was one thing, but High School Musical 2 just kicked it up a notch. Yeah. But the dancing in it, specifically, was Mm -hmm. so much better in the second one than it was in the first. And I was like, let's go. Let's keep going. I mean, lest we talk about I Don't Dance. (laughs) (laughs) The best... And the best number. The, the best and gayest thing to come out of the high school musical <laughs> franchise. <laughs> and also just like I remember watching the the videos that came on. It was like the the dance and sing along like, oh, yeah, high yeah, school yeah. musicals that came on TV and they're like, We're gonna learn, work this out. And I was mm-hmm. like, Yes, we are. I already <laughs> that was knew my favorite. I already knew all of oh. the dances by the time those dance alongs came out. I was like, You losers, I've known this for years. <laughs> 
We okay, talk about influential too. We did uh we're on this together as my fifth grade graduation like song. Oh my and we God. did the dance with it. So like that was big because <laughs> that's, that's the so year that cute. it came out was 2005 and yeah. I was in fifth grade and I'm gonna make people feel really old when I say that but <laughs> that that was a big deal Man, to amazing. us I was so deeply obsessed with high school musical that I took a VHS tape and recorded when it was like playing on a rerun I was like okay this is when it's coming back on I will record <laughs> this on a VHS tape and watch it a billion times <laughs> I took it to my friend Serena's house and made her watch it because she hadn't seen it. I was like, I have a VHS. Let's go. It's so good. It's literally perfect. I want to watch High School Musical 2 now after we're done with this. It's a perfect film. They're perfect films. Everybody hates High School Musical 3. And I just got to say that you're wrong. It's not bad. It's great. It's great. It's got a bigger budget. So they've got, they have, he's literally in a rotating room at one point dancing on the walls. (laughs) Come on. They got CGI basketballs flying around him. That movie is good. You guys are wrong, okay? I, don't tweet me. You're wrong. If you don't like it, you're wrong. That's such a funny point of that movie when they do that, though. It's Scream. like all these fake basketballs just drop it. It's so dramatic, and it's so good. Oh, my God. Can I have this dance? When I get married, that is what I'm doing at my wedding. I'm not kidding. I love it. I already know um, the dance. I will just teach it to whoever I'm marrying. Also... Like, still influential because everyone on TikTok is doing the prom dance right now. Yeah! All the time. It's gonna be the night. Yes, you're just so right. And everyone is just, oh, it's so good. Oh my god, and that, you're so right. the choreography of that movie also kicked it up a notch from Phenomenal. High School too, and it's amazing. Oh. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> this is High School Musical cast. <laughs> oh, man. I'm all worked up from talking about High School Musical. <laughs> so thanks for sending in your submissions. Yeah, thank you for those submissions. I'm sorry we yelled about High School Musical for 10 minutes, but also I'm not sorry. I was going to say, I'm not sorry I'm about not. that. Because we're Those correct. are the best movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can email us at thelostyears.gmail.com. We might read your email on the show. You can also rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It really helps us out. And uh, we appreciate it. And we love you. And High School Musical is the best Disney franchise of all time. Do not at me. Wow. <laughs> it's like when you said Shrek 2 was the best movie of all time. It's the same. <laughs> I love this energy that you bring. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. You're wrong. Shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's from the ranking. That's a Try Guys thing that we just ripped. Anyway. Uh, they'll never listen to this. <laughs> We've gone really off the rails at the end here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to the Scavengers Network for having us on the network. You can check out other cool shows on the network like Blink and You'll Miss It and Unnatural 20s. Go for it. Uh, find them on www.scavengersnetwork.com. Go for it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> oh, man. Do what you want. Do it, coward. <laughs> Just go for it. Oh, man. God, I'm like... <laughs> I, like, literally wore myself out yelling about how good High School Musical is. This is great. Oh, God. If you want to find us individually, our personal handles are in our show handles. But if you want to find me, twitch.tv slash it's It's fun over there. You should come hang out. <laughs> you can find me on TikTok at Sudsley. I started making content again she over did. there. She so did. It's, it's a great app. It's really fun. And, um, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm trying to think. Tay and I just were part 
of the video that came out again many weeks in the past um but we have a chicken sandwich saga video on the scavengers network youtube yeah uh that we did with uh collaboration with ez and colin and it's just a fun time if you want to watch us eat chicken mm-hmm. <laughs> and chat about it. My part's really short comparatively to yours and Colin's, which I'm not as mad about because I had a lot of copywritten music in mind. So I'm glad that I'm even in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love, uh, what is it? American authors started playing in the background. I was yeah. like, oh no. <laughs> There's a lot going on in my video. It wasn't my fault. Like, I can't eat in my car because I don't own one. So I had to eat in the establishment uh, because it was, I think it was like, my hair was red. So it was definitely like October when I did this. And it was cold. (laughs) It was cold outside. So it's not like I could go just like eat somewhere else. No, Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, just had the opportunity to use my car. So Mm -hmm. I did it. Which is true to format. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also, it's just fun. As did a fun job editing it. Yeah, the editing's great. It's so funny. I actually laughed out loud. I know that I'm in it, but like, it was very funny to me. And it just caught me by surprise. Also, again, I don't know when this episode's coming out just because when we're recording it, but uh, Dan Spencer and I, also on the Scavengers Network, are going to be doing a Let's Play of uh, Stardew Valley that we're doing (gasps) a co-op farm together. What? Invite me. Um, I want to do it. Okay. Uh, but we're doing it. It's every sun or every other Sunday, uh, from like one to three. I think that's when we decided. So that's going to be on the Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/slash Scavengers Network. I think it's the Scavengers, Scavengers Network. Network. Cool. So yeah, I'm I'm sure that the vods are going to go up because we're trying to get more content on the YouTube. Those are going to go up there, but. We're starting that, I think, by the end of this month. So that'll be fun. And then I will also be having, my again, my vlog thing that's happening on the Scabnet. Uh, yeah. YouTube is going to be up as well. Hopefully by the time this episode is up. Uh, so that's, yeah, again, on the Scavengers Network YouTube page. You can find it there. Check it out. Sid Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Yeah. Is that everything? I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a fun one. We We, we really got off the rails there at the end, but. We're we're right, so it's fine. <laughs> but we had the valid opinion we that did. it's actually fact. <laughs> we, our our opinions are actually fact. That's correct. Yeah. So do with that information what you will. And until next time, <laughs> your Tay, your Sid, just like it's always been. What else do you need to know? Goodbye, fam. Bye, fam. The Scavengers Network, creator driven, community focused treasured content hey everyone and welcome to promo and you'll miss it the blink and you'll miss it promo where every promo is over before you know it i am james your host and we're back to talk to you about what season one of blink you'll miss it was about well we talked about all of the blink discography from cheshire cat up through the deluxe edition of california and we also talked about boxcar racer and plus 44 all of which is available now on the scavengers network so go find it and enjoy